0: This Sunday, we'll see two games, one being Green Bay, one being Kansas City, as we're getting down to the Final Four in the NFL. We have your AFC Championship and NFC Championship. So today on Cuts to the Chase, I brought in Cooper Goble to talk about what happened this past week in the NFL playoffs, and of course, to preview your championship weekend. So Cooper, how are you doing on this lovely Wednesday morning?
1: I'm doing great, don't have class today, so just get a kick back and preview the nfl championship weekend
0: that's that's what we'd love to hear but before we get into that of course we're gonna we're gonna look back at this week kind of talk about some some things that happened so of course the rams kind of got got dominated by Rodgers and the packers i mean that's they played okay, but we didn't expect them to really do too much. And it, it the game went exactly how I expected for the most part. And so the what I want to talk about is Devontae Adams. There's been a lot of people that overhype him, a lot of people that underhype him. So I'm just curious, where does he rank and why does he rank where he does in your top receivers category?
1: Um, for me, I definitely have him top seven and just being a Bears fan and having to watch him twice a year at least. I I know the damage he can do in a game. And he's at the very least a top seven wide receiver in the NFL.
0: I'm curious. Do you think he's top seven, though, because he's that talented? Or is it because he has one of the greats, Aaron Rodgers, um, being his quarterback and throwing him pretty much just beautiful, perfect passes every time out?
1: Well, that definitely goes into it. But, I mean, if Devontae can't get open, then... It doesn't matter where Rodgers puts the ball. A lot of the times when you see these perfect passes, Devontae has a few yards of space in between him and the nearest defender.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's facts. I would say going into the year, a lot of people ranked him in that like 7 through 12 category, and now we're starting to see him boost up. I've seen things this week that people call him a top two red receiver, and I don't think that's true at all. I would put him a little bit higher than you did, probably – about fifth personally but I think that could partially because he does have a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers but that's something they're really going to need to rely on this this week they got absolutely throttled by Tampa Bay earlier in the season when Tampa Bay came up and I want one thirty eight 38 to 10 I believe so they're going to be relying on Devontae Adams this week and we'll talk about that a little bit later but let's talk now about the Saturday night game, that was what I was hoping for to be the game of the week. And it, it wasn't, I'll be honest. It was not a great game. That was the Baltimore Ravens going up to Buffalo and facing the Bills. And, you know, we saw Lamar through his first red zone interception, and he missed the whole fourth quarter. And it was honestly a pretty boring game, if we're honest. But the world starts to kind of question Lamar. I mean, he already had some some questions about, like, how good he really is. If he's worth the money, he can't play in the, he can't play in the playoffs. Really. He's really underperformed during that. So Lamar's going to get a contract extension soon, or he won't. I mean, that's kind of becoming the question, but do you think he's worth the 30, 35 million that my guess is Baltimore will give him, or would you be hesitant about giving him that large contract?
1: In my opinion, once again, as a Bears fan, I know how important a good quarterback is. So, I, I mean, even if Lamar Jackson isn't a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen type, you know, um, once you get a franchise quarterback, you lock him down. That's the most, pos- the most important position in sports. And I don't think there's no way they let him walk. So they're going to give him just about the most amount of money they can.
0: I, I agree with that. I think I understand the concerns. You know, he has been a little bit underwhelming during the playoffs. And of course, the regular season doesn't matter too much if you can't do anything in the playoffs, if you really struggle. But let's remind you that, I mean, Lamar is pretty young still, not a ton of experience. And I would have to say he managed the game really well in the Super Wildcard weekend against the Tennessee Titans. And I also feel like overall the team was just underwhelming this whole week in general so it wasn't all on him he also got injured we didn't even get to see a full game from him but I think it when it comes down to it that it's just like he's a good enough quarterback like it'd be one thing if they had someone sitting at the backup that just had huge potential but they they don't have anyone behind him that really blows my mind i mean people would probably love for them to start trace mcsorley let's be honest but that's just like that is a ridiculous idea like let's be honest and so finally my last question about lamar is kind of would you if you were the ravens still be wondering about drafting a potential backup not because like this is unrelated to the playoff struggles but also because lamar is a mobile quarterback we see them have shorter careers you know honestly michael vick's probably had the longest career of any mobile quarterback so would you also be very careful because i feel like they've never had like an upper tier backup quarterback is that something you think they should invest in because we did see lamar jackson go out in the fourth quarter with concussion protocol and if we're honest um, I didn't even know the Huntley guy who came in after him. So would would if you were Baltimore, would you invest in a higher tier backup or draft someone who you think could take over the franchise if Lamar has a short career?
1: I think investing in a backup or a good backup quarterback is always a good idea, regardless of who your quarterback is. Because, I mean, the Patriots saw it with Tom Brady. They had a... Very solid quarterback with Drew Bledsoe. He gets knocked out. And Tom Brady comes in, you know, (laughs) like greatest of all time type career. So you obviously never know what's going to happen in football. One hit can just change everything. So I think a good backup quarterback would be a good investment for Baltimore. But I don't know who they could really even go get right now.
0: I mean, people like Ryan Fitzpatrick are free agents. I also think they should... Like someone like, even if they drafted Trask in the second or the third round, like while that may kind of actually kill Trask's potential NFL career, it would be smart. I could see for the Ravens to do that. And it gives them their, their quarterbacks are kind of unique. They all go, they're all very similar in how they play. And so I think the idea of them drafting or signing a more traditional pocket passer quarterback makes a lot of sense to me. Um, or if they could find someone like Patrick Mahomes that we're gonna talk about next. But obviously that's that's very unlikely. And so speaking of Patrick Mahomes, we saw him go down, and we'll talk about that injury later. But we saw Michigan Legend Chad Henney <laughs> keep the lead for the Kansas City Chiefs as the Browns fought to come back. This Browns team was unique this year. You know, they lost Odell and they almost played better without him. But I think they'll bring him back. What's your opinion on the Browns? What should they do this offseason? Because for the first time in a long time, it seems like the Browns have something to celebrate about going into the offseason.
1: I mean, there's the only option the Browns have is to build off this. There's, I mean, just imagine their fans if the Browns tried to, like, if they don't re-sign Odell and try and make, like, a quote-unquote smarter Choice and then just ruins the team chemistry or anything like that, and they miss the playoffs again. That would be almost like incredibly detrimental to especially like Baker Mayfield's confidence and just. I mean, the fans finally have hope. They have to make the playoffs again next year.
0: I I kind of agree with that. I mean, I think the Browns are cursed. Honestly, if they don't make the playoffs <laughs> next year, they have a great team. Um, I mean, I'm interested to hear what an offer for Odell would be like because they played really well this year. They do have a deep, wide receiver core. Um, And personally, they have good players throughout the whole field. Like, there's no one position or one area, even though I think their offensive line could use a little bit of work. But then you also see them be the third leading rushing team in the NFL, which makes me question that. And so I'd be interested to see what types of offers they could get for someone like Odell. But their team's, I think, the most, one of the most solid besides, honestly, Kansas City, maybe Green Bay that's in the NFL. I mean, you see teams like, I mean, let's be honest. We're going to talk about Tampa Bay in a second. They're going to lose Tom Brady in a few years. Tom's going to have to retire sometime. The Saints are going to lose Drew Brees probably this offseason. The Steelers are probably losing um, Ben Roethlisberger soon. The Colts just lost Philip Rivers to retirement. There's a lot of playoff teams this year. While there's a lot of young talent, there's a lot of older talent, and so I think I think the Browns are one of the best built teams because like there's younger talent like the Ravens, but we just talked about concerns about the Ravens or like the Titans. One thing I want to talk about when they got eliminated was the fact that like they really rely on Derrick Henry and that's it, and that's not the way to go. So I'm just very curious on. I, I just think the Browns are in a good place, but if they can even build their future more, if that's treating Odell for a first or a second, probably more likely a second or a third round pick and another potential player, that's just solid. I think they can work with Landry at wide receiver number one, as as well as their deep receiving core. I mean, they're one of the deepest receiving cores in my opinion in the NFL. Um, but I, I think the Browns, as you mentioned are in a pretty good spot. I mean, they have to make the playoffs next year or, I just, I don't know really how to react. They could probably win the AFC North. I think they were the best team in the AFC North this year, if I'm honest, but that is a totally different conversation for a different podcast. So let's move on to what ended up kind of being the game of the week. Um, That was Tom Brady, Drew Brees, probably face off for the last time, but you saw Drew Brees throw three interceptions. Brady and the Buccaneers ended up winning that game by, I believe it was 30 to 20. Um, and so we assume we just saw Drew Brees' last game. We saw Jameis Winston throw a 50-yard touchdown. And granted, it was a trick play, pretty open. Like, wasn't a hard pass or anything. But I'm not a believer in Taysom Hill. I don't know about you. So first, I'll start off with that question. Are you a believer in the Taysom Hill idea that the Saints apparently have to make him the starting quarterback when Drew Brees leaves, whether that's this offseason or later down the road?
1: I I don't think that would work. I mean, Taysom Hill was a pretty good college quarterback before he just got killed by injuries. And obviously he's you know been a solid NFL player, but I don't think he can be an everyday starter. He's, he's a fine gadget player that you can throw in there for some trick plays or throw him in at tight end or whatever um, they want to do with him down in New Orleans, but I don't think he can be an everyday starter.
0: I, I agree with that very much. I mean, I think about the absolute shit show of a game that went on in Denver where there were like six completed passes between the quarterback list Broncos and the Taysom Hill led Saints. I just it questions. It makes me really question this idea. And I think there are some questions inside the Saints as well. Um, but do you think there's a chance they take a risk on Jameis Winston? I mean, I hear the Saints really like him, um, of course. This was now almost, it was eight years ago at this point, or seven years ago, but Jameis Winston was an absolute, maybe one of my favorite college quarterbacks of all time. He was just phenomenal. His, I guess that would have been his redshirt freshman year at Florida State, where they went 14-0 and and won the BCS championship, the final ever BCS championship. But what's your opinion on them taking the Jameis Winston route, and how would you compare that to Hill? Which would you
1: rather have? I mean, I'd rather have Jameis. Purely looking at it from an entertainment standpoint, Jameis is Electric City. You never know if it's going to be like an eighty-yard touchdown pass or like an eighty-yard pick six, and that's fun to watch. Like it may not be like that. He's a he's the definition of a roller coaster quarterback. Every game you have, or literally every play, even you have no idea what you're gonna get from him, and that's fun. Like, <laughs> I, I, the Saints don't have a better option than Jameis. Their pick isn't gonna be good enough to draft someone high. They're not gonna. They don't really have any way to trade up. That I like. They or an app. They're in cap hell. They're like ninety million over the cap. So their best option is Jameis, and I am thoroughly excited for that
0: (laughs) I am too I don't know it's funny because I remember going into the draft where he was drafted one and Mariota was drafted two I don't know how you feel about this but like I liked Mariota more I was more interested in Mariota of course the whole stealing crab legs thing was kind of prevalent in Winston's career at that point um but over time I just feel like Jameis has been more fun to watch. I've wanted him to succeed more. Marcus Mariota has been a very boring quarterback in the NFL, honestly. I think he's more of a top-tier backup than he is as a starter. We're seeing that. Where I think Jameis could lead a team, honestly, to the Super Bowl. That's insane to say, I know, based off what he had, like, a 30-30 year with 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions last year. Um, But I just – I feel like he's such a better – More fun, electric, interesting, goofy guy in general. So I'd rather see him, and I'd rather see him than Taysom Hill. I I think there's obviously there's a chance they could sign someone completely different. But with the rumors that Sean Payton and the Saints organization is interested in bringing him back, but there's I mean they want. It sounds like they want to start both these guys. So who knows what the Saints will do. And who knows if Drew Brees will retire? I, I mean, obviously it was announced that he's planning on retire retiring, but that was before the game, before he finished his what would have been the finish of his NFL career with three interceptions and honestly a disappointing season. They had dominated, they had dominated the Buccaneers twice, and yet they got kind of dominated. Honestly, even though it was a semi-close game, I mean, Jameis Winston was the best quarterback we saw the Saints throughout there. And so I'll be interested. Drew Brees may come back. And so I guess I'll ask you really quickly, even though there's like pretty much the confirmed rumor that he announced that would be his last game to his close friends and family. Do you think after the fact that he threw three interceptions and had honestly one of his worst games that I've seen of him in a long time, do you think there's a better chance now that Brees possibly could come back for yet another year?
1: I mean, I've always liked Drew Brees and the Saints. I always kind of... Thought they were a fun team, but I I can't see him coming back. If he does, there's no way it's more than one season. I mean, he broke what, like twelve ribs this year, and then came back in his final playoff game, throws three interceptions. Who knows? Like the Chicago Bears may have broken Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're just trying to get the bears a shout out which i respect and so i think my final question before we move on from the saints and really start to preview the next few games um taysom hill going back to him back where we started with this conversation we've talked about how we don't know both of us don't seem to really be sold on the fact that he could be an everyday quarterback do you think if Let's say the Saints decided, eh, we want to move on from Hill. We're not going to re-sign him at the end of this next contract. Do you think there would be other teams? Do you think he'd have a lot of interest in, from other teams in the fact that it would be a similar role to what he's been doing this past few years? Or do you think that the Saints are taking this risk and that no one else will really be interested after what? I think he has maybe two or three more years under contract still. But what do you think other teams would be interested in taking this risk? with Hill, or even someone similar that may come up through the next few years based on the fact that it has been something that the Saints have in their back pocket and have used to their advantage at times.
1: Uh, For for Taysom specifically, it definitely depends on his market price. Like, if he does end up leaving the Saints organization and can't get a big contract, he feels like a Chiefs player to me. Like just someone that Andy Reid could really use to his advantage. Obviously with Patrick Mahomes, it's not like they need a high end backup really, but just someone that they could throw out as a gadget player, I think he'd do really well. And uh for the Chiefs.
0: I I think a team like the Chiefs, I think it would have to be like a really like surefire like team that's competing for a championship every year. Because I think once he's out of this contract, he'll be a little bit on the older side for not really ever having a career as a starting quarterback i mean it's one thing when you have a career like tom brady and you're gonna have a quarterback mark you're gonna have a market at 40 42 years old but taysom hill will have like three four maybe one whole season maximum starts but i think it'll be more like three or four or five games and so i i agree with you i think there's a team that might take a risk but i do think seeing this Taysom Hill experiment and how it's worked out for the Saints, we could see more teams take a risk on that. And I think that's really interesting because we've seen how it's worked. It's kind of like, when you put Taysom Hill out there, you really have no idea what to expect, but it's also helped that there's so many backfield weapons that the Saints have on top of at, they have Michael Thomas and they have wide receivers that are decent. And granted, Michael Thomas struggled this year, but he played through a hell of a lot of injuries and so I think definitely we'll see other teams do something similar, whether it's with Taysom Hill or not, is we'll see in the future. But something I would keep my eye on. But we're gonna take a quick break, and once we come back, we'll talk about Packers, Buccaneers, and then of course Bills versus Chiefs, both these teams playing each other for the second time this year. But you've been listening in Cut to Cuts of the Chase, and we'll be right back. Welcome back into Cuts of the Chase. We just talked about last week's divisional games in the nfl and now we're gonna move forward to what you guys really care about the preview of the nfc and the afc championship starting off with the nfc of course we see tom brady going up to lambeau fields and playing green bay for the second time this year but this time we're seeing it in the playoffs we're seeing a much more prepared packers team they've gone through a lot this year they played really well Early season ruffles, I would say, during the first time they played. So I expect a very different game. And, of course, just like the first half of this episode, I got Cooper Goble right beside me. And so this is the first time we're seeing Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers go at it in the playoffs. Are you excited for this, or would you have rather seen Breeze versus Rodgers?
1: Uh, I think at this point, Drew Breeze's arm is a noodle. Like he can't, he can't really throw the deep ball whatsoever anymore or really even a medium deep ball. (laughs) Not that Tom Brady exactly has a cannon for an arm, but I, I I, I'd I'd much rather watch bucks Packers than saints Packers at this point.
0: I respect that. I, I mean, I'm in the same way. I mean, Maybe if we threw uh, w- Jameis out there and had him throw the deep ball for the Saints, it'd be more fun. <laughs> but I think I think it's cool that we're finally seeing Brady and Brady and Rogers in the playoffs. I think it was cool that we saw Brady and Breeze in the playoffs. But this is what I wanted to see. Um, I mean, obviously, as we mentioned, a kind of tough way to see um, Breeze go out. But I'm really excited for this game, um, Drew. I, I I have written here that can Tom Brady play like he did earlier this year, and in, in Green Bay, and he didn't have, like, some crazy game. He went 17 of 27, 166 yards and two touchdowns. It was really more the defense that forced two Aaron Rodgers turnovers that did stuff that really forced this game to be the way it did. It was a phenomenal – like, the the second quarter is the difference. That's where the Buccaneers forced the turnovers and scored 28 of their 38 points. Other than that, we have a 10-10 ball game. But they forced two of the five t- – Interceptions we've seen Aaron Rodgers throw. Do you think, do you expect something similar where the defense of the Buccaneers, who I think most people would agree is the best left in the playoffs, is really going to dominate this game? Or do you think that we should see Aaron Rodgers have it a little bit more figured out this week, this time against the Buccaneers?
1: Well, it's very rare that Aaron Rodgers makes a mistake that leads to a turnover, let alone twice in a game. So I don't, I don't think he'll replicate or I don't think the Bucks defense will replicate two interceptions from the last or like from the last game. But I, I honestly still think the Buccaneers pulled this game out.
0: I, I respect that. We'll talk more about our predictions in a little bit. I kind of feel the same way. This is, this is a tough defense for Aaron Rodgers to have to handle, of course. And, but again, they played very early first month of the season and this time both these quarterbacks are playing some of their best football they have all season. Aaron Rodgers really I mean honestly he is the MVP this year whether you as a Bears fan want to admit that or not. He I think he'll pretty easily win it. And then we saw we saw Tom Brady and the Buccaneers have a very very phenomenal December and they played pretty well. I mean it's been they've been in control of both the playoff games so far. So both these quarterbacks are getting hot at the right time. Which one do you expect to have the better game?
1: Um, I think Aaron Rodgers will probably have the better game just because, I mean, like you said, he's the MVP this year. I don't think anyone else really even comes close to winning it. But with – I don't think Tom will have a bad game. I just think – I mean, Tom definitely has a better supporting cast in my opinion on offense. But I just Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback at this point in their careers still.
0: I agree. I had a conversation with someone that I go to school with here at Elon, and pretty much what I said is I think Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback if you look at his mechanics, at his throw power, things like that. But like Tom Brady just has the clutchness that like I think no one else has in the NFL right now and that we've not seen so much from Aaron Rodgers so I think I I agree with you I think Aaron Rodgers probably has the better game but I think there's also the higher risk for turnovers for mistakes from Aaron Rodgers than Tom Brady because Tom Brady knows what he's getting at and people are like oh Tom Brady's playing the cold this weekend like Guys, Tom Brady played 20 years in, in New England. Like he knows what the cold is. And so you mentioned Tampa Bay's weapons and they have a strong receiving core. And so can Ja'ir Alexander and the and the Packers really slow down this receiving core or is Tom Brady going to do what he's been doing this past 5 or 6 weeks and just have another phenomenal game? <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I don't think they can slow them down, but I don't think they can stop them. Okay, right? I just not that the Buccaneers are like world beating or world beaters level offense, like a lot of fans were overreacting to this or this past off season whenever they signed guys like Tom Brady, uh, Gronk came out of retirement, and they got Leonard Fournette, but it's like. This isn't Tom Brady from six years ago. This isn't Gronkowski from five years ago. This isn't Leonard Fournette from his single good season in the NFL. <laughs> like and obviously um they've got guys like Mike Evans as well. But I mean Mike Evans got absolutely locked down last week, so it it can happen, you know. I I agree. Um
0: yeah, I think We're going to move over to what does each team need to do to win. And so, I mean, you bring up my point. We'll start off with what do the Packers need to do to win. I think their offense will be fine. I don't think we'll see them struggle the way they did the first time that they played the Buccaneers. I think it's what can the defense do to slow down these weapons. I mean, we've seen Mike Evans kind of, I mean, as you said, get handled last week. And a lot of these weapons aren't what they once were or were expected to be. And, well, I think there's a good chance we could see them have a phenomenal game and seem like they are are those weapons. If the Packers can really slow down and neutralize the offense of the Buccaneers, the Packers should have a field day with this game. I think we all know that. The Packers are the more talented team. But the Buccaneers just have such a high-reward offense that it'll be interesting to see what happens. So I'll swing over to you now, and you can tell me both your Packers, what the Packers need to do to win, and also what the Buccaneers need to focus on to win.
1: I think the Packers' path to winning the game, this is kind of an obvious statement, but just slowing down the Bucs' offense. Like, Tom Brady will put up points. Or not Tom Brady. or I mean, Tom Brady will, too. But Aaron Rodgers will score the ball. You don't really have to worry about the offense in this game. I think for the Packers, they're... I mean, the biggest thing they have to do is stop the Buccaneers from scoring, which, you know, is an obvious kind of statement. It's easier said than done. But then it kind of, it's kind of the same thing for the Buccaneers. I think it's more so controlling the clock and keeping the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands more so than stopping him. Cause there's, I mean, it's hard to stop Aaron Rodgers, he's gonna get his every single game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible to stop Aaron Rodgers towards the end of this year, for most of this year, honestly. We've seen one team do it, and that happens to be the Buccaneers. But you kind of pinpoint what I thought the Buccaneers need to do to win this game, and that's one thing they did is kind of control the clock the first time they played. They had one of their best running games from Ronald Jones all season, and I think we're going to have to see not just Jones, because I I don't even know. I don't think Jones played again this past week. But we're going to need to see a strong running attack from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if they can manage that clock, and as you said, keep it out of Aaron Rodgers' hands, I think there's a good chance that the Buccaneers could win that game. And that moves me on to the prediction side of this NFC Championship. I'm curious, who do you have going down to Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl? Will we see a home team be in the Super Bowl for the first time at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Or is Aaron Rodgers the MVP gonna take his Packers squad down there to Tampa Bay.
1: I wouldn't really be surprised either way if Tampa wins or if Green Bay wins. This isn't Lambeau Field with like a sold out crowd or anything like that. I mean this is this is a different playoff season than in any other season we've really ever seen. So I feel like the home field advantage isn't that big especially like I mean you said it Tom Brady spent 20 years in um, New England it's not like he's never played in the cold before he knows how to get to a Super Bowl I I don't love picking either team because like I mean I could legitimately see either team winning but I I I think I'd pick Tampa Bay in this game
0: you know It's kind of funny because I feel the same way. Like, I don't feel like we're going to see an outrageously close game, if I'm honest. That's about the only thing I can really predict. And so it's kind of a toss-up. As much as I'd love to say, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to lead Green Bay to the Super Bowl. I think that Tom Brady's on a path this year. I think people are... I think he is pissed off that people were saying that he kind of lost it last year. They, I mean, he did have a down down season for him. Uh, and obviously, the Patriots did not perform well, lost to the Titans the first week of the playoffs last year. So I think that bothers Tom, even though like it wasn't all him. Uh, I think there was a lot of the fact that it was more his team was not built well for him and what they wanted to do. So I think also we're going to see... Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get to play their first home football game in the Super Bowl, as unique as that sounds. So we both agree here, but I think we may disagree over on the AFC side. So let's talk about the Bills and the Chiefs. That game, Sunday night, Kansas City. First thing we have to talk about, Patrick Mahomes. How does this game change if he plays or does not play? It seems like he should be practicing starting today, which is Wednesday. And that is good for the Chiefs, so they don't have to rely on the absolute Michigan legend Chad hitting, but how does this game change? Do the Chiefs really even have a chance if Patrick Mahomes does not, Patrick Mahomes does not play?
1: If, if Patrick doesn't play, their chances take a big hit. I wouldn't say they don't have a chance. I mean, the Chiefs have the most loaded offense in the league. Tyreek Hill, Fastest man alive. Travis Kelsey, at the very worst, is the second-best tight end in the league. Andy Reid, amazing coach. Um, I'm not entirely sure how to say his last name, but that Eric Benemy, or their, their offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. is phenomenal. I They're going to have a good game plan, whether or not Mahomes plays or – the second coming of Tom Brady, Michigan legend, Chad Henney plays. <laughs> it doesn't, I, th- I think, I think either way we'll get a good game. But it w- I mean, as an, as an NFL fan, I want to see Patrick Mahomes out there dueling with Josh Allen.
0: I agree. We saw this duel earlier this season and it was, I would say, I'm hoping for a slightly more exciting game. It was 26-17, Chiefs won. And that game also being in Kansas City, Uh, both quarterbacks had OK games. Patrick Mahomes, 21 of 26, 225 yards, two touchdowns, which is a very good stat line. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's just like when we think of Patrick Mahomes, we think he can just put up phenomenal numbers. It was actually Clyde Edwards Hilaire that put up the crazy numbers, 26 carries for 161 yards. He was phenomenal. On the Bills' side, we had Josh Allen, 14 of 27, 122 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception, which is not really just Josh Allen that we're used to seeing. Um, at least this year, I mean, he's been very, very good this year and put up – he's in his past put up inconsistent numbers, but I think this year is much, much different. And so it was a little bit of an underwhelming game. And I think I said it was in Kansas City, but actually it was played up in Buffalo. And also – which this will be something that matters this weekend as well. But we did not see much of a running attack from the Bills the last time they played. Josh Allen was also their leading rusher, eight carries, 42 yards. Then they had uh, Singletary with 10 carries, 32 yards. And then Zach Moss, who is now injured, even though he had a phenomenal second half of the season, five carries, 10 yards. So just, you know, that that's what, 70, 84 yards? That's, that's not ideal rushing numbers in this year's, in this world's NFL. So what do the Bills need to do to make sure they don't lose by nine in what is a pretty boring game? Because I think everyone's really excited for this one as well.
1: Well, if Mahomes plays, it's the exact same thing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buffalo has to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands as much as possible, but like you said, they don't have a great rushing attack, so it's going to be hard to kind of milk the clock. They are, in their passing team, Josh Allen has an absolute rocket launcher of an arm. <laughs> that I mean, they have to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, but I don't think that's how the Bills play. Like that, that style of play doesn't suit this roster
0: yeah i I agree that it doesn't suit this roster. I mean, I think there's a chance we could see more of a classic kind of defensive battle in the n f c um where then you see the quarterbacks start to do on the fourth quarter, where this game could be a game that hits the upper thirties upper forties, maybe even possibly if everything goes the way we we could see it going with these these four quarterbacks in in all two in both the games we see. And it's interesting. I think we definitely need to see more from Josh Allen. I mean, 14 of 27, 122 yards. That's something we expect from the first for Few years Josh Allen was in the league. You know, he was very inconsistent. I think of the, the playoff game last year against Houston, where he just he, he did some crazy things. He had a random lateral in the middle of the fourth quarter. Um, it was it was Josh Allen's first playoff game, and it showed. But Josh Allen seems like a completely different, more experienced, just much better quarterback, if we're honest. And so I, I think we'll see – we need to see that Josh Allen instead of the Josh Allen we saw earlier this season. And so who – what what does each team need to do when – we'll start off with, with the traveling Buffalo Bills down in Kansas City.
1: I think so. – <laughs> I mean – I I love Josh Allen. I think I think he's a future MVP this past offseason. He totally revamped his throwing motion to put more um like to swivel his hips more so that he can pinpoint the ball better on his uh deep balls and just in general. So I I think I think the Bills path to victory, the easiest way would be to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. But I think we're going to, like you said, have a classic shootout type of game. Hopefully that sounds fun, in my opinion. Mahomes just dueling Allen. But it, it really all just depends on if Mahomes plays or not.
0: That, that's very true. I think, I think that is obviously the key of the game. I think we're leaning towards he should be able to play. But we won't, we won't know for a few more days. I think for the Bills, what they need to focus on is this sounds bad. This really does sound bad. Um, Assuming Patrick Mahomes plays, you got to put a few shots on him. You got to keep him a little bit. I'm going to say the word scared. You got to keep him scared. Of course, we never want to see injuries in sports. But I think Patrick Mahomes is the type of quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't say he's some huge rusher. But you see him do all types of things. He will fly out of the pocket to get extra time to find Tyreek Hill what seems like 800 yards downfield. Um, so I think you just, you got to keep Patrick Mahomes modest. And this is the week to do it with the fact that he's a little bit banged up and we know he won't be feeling hundred percent when Sunday rolls around. On the other side, the chiefs assuming Patrick Mahomes is playing, what do the chiefs need to do to win this game?
1: I mean, just do what they do every week, you know. I mean, there. Uh, I feel like with the Chiefs, there's no reason to over-complic- or overcomplicate things. There's a reason Patrick Mahomes already has an MVP, a Super Bowl title, and a Super Bowl MVP in his very short career so far. Like he's he by the time he retires. I would be shocked if he wasn't just commonly accepted as the GOAT. If they, like, all the Chiefs really have to do is be the Chiefs, you know, <laughs> take shots down the field, live or die by Mahomes' arm, and nine times out of ten, by doing that, you're going to live. Yep,
0: you, you really are. That, that is the facts. So you will pretty much live and die by Mahomes' arm, and you should live nine times, probably even more, out of ten. So now moving on to the prediction. Whoa, hold on. I do need to tell you guys what I think the Chiefs need to do. Now, it's very similar to what I always say the Chiefs need to do to win. Their defense. We saw it last week. They need to play the full 60 minutes. They don't do that. They really – the Chiefs' defense really gives up, and we see teams kind of claw back and make the games closer than it should be. And so, I mean, I I will say it. If they win this game, I'll say it in my Super Bowl preview – that's what the chiefs need to do they need to piece together full game on defense but now moving on to the predictions we'll we'll do this with mahomes playing and without mahomes playing so starting off let's say mahomes does not get cleared so we have chad Henning as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs what's your prediction
1: i think chad Henney comes out throwing 50 for 50 600 yards eight touchdowns um <laughs> No um for though if Chad Henney plays, I think the bills if assuming the only injury is Mahomes, the bills stay healthy in the game' because it's the NFL it's so fast paced, big guys hitting equally big guys you never know what's gonna happen, but I think I think the bills win pretty not easily but i I think if Mahomes is out that's just. I, th- I think that's the end of the season for the Chiefs, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see again as I just talked about this Chiefs defense. They would have to play really, really well, something better than we've seen them play all year, if I'm honest. And I would agree. I think this game would be close throughout still, but I think in the fourth quarter or maybe just the second half in general, we would see that the Bills would pull away. Now, if Patrick Mahomes, as is mentioned i think we'll see a shootout if mahomes plays i think we'll see something in the low 40s from the chiefs and i think the bills the bills are i feel like the team that are more likely to make a mistake and i think there'll be a costly turnover sometime late in the game that could be the difference maker so i'd take i would take the chiefs if patrick mahomes plays but either if if he plays i think we'll see one of the best AFC championship games we've seen in a long time. Something similar to when Tom Brady and the New England Patriots went to Kansas City in Mahomes' first year and got that overtime victory. So how do you feel about Mahomes playing? How does that change your prediction?
1: I think it I, it definitely increases the Chiefs chances, <laughs> you know. Um I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is the Bills year. I really do. I I think this team can go all the way. But with a guy like Mahomes on the other side, you always have a chance. Like
0: <sighs> it's it's the truth. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a different quarterback than anyone has in the NFL. He is a tier above everyone. I think I mean I think that's fair to say. He is a little bit better enough better to be a tier above anyone else. In the, in the NFL quarterback-wise.
1: He's neck and neck with Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion, but that's that's a conversation for another day. Oh,
0: I mean, I, I, he does not have any Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player awards. I will give him that. Mitchell Trubisky has something saying. no one else does in that case. But, of course, just like every single episode, I always end with a team or a player of the week. And so I'll start off with mine. Um, That is Philip Rivers announcing his retirement this morning. Um, Phenomenal career. Kind of got stuck on some not great Chargers teams. Um, Of course, there was one year where, for example, they had the best offense and, like, one of the best defenses and missed the playoffs. He's got over 400 touchdowns, 65,000-plus yards. Just a phenomenal quarterback, but he gets shadowed by the ones in, in, in what I would say is kind of like his group of quarterbacks, which includes like him, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Matt Ryan was just a few years behind them. And then you look before them, there's players like Tom Brady. And there's even even Peyton Manning he went up with for a decent amount of his career. And he did not have the teams those guys did. He did not have the Super Bowl appearances. Um, And just because of that, he's kind of overshadowed. But the guy had a phenomenal career and is a phenomenal – nfl mind a football mind in general of course going down to somewhere in alabama now to coach which should start now this upcoming season it's been talked about for years and i think he'll be a phenomenal Mm -hmm. coach that we could see in the nfl one day actually so for me he had to be my player of the episode of course hasn't done anything in the past week besides retire but his career was phenomenal so now swing it over to you cooper you can tell us who you have for your player or team of the episode
1: Uh, For me, my player of the week is Josh Allen. (laughs) Dude, I love Josh Allen. I don't know. (laughs) Coming out of uh, Wyoming, I think I wasn't a big fan. I thought he was just another big arm with accuracy problems. Uh, I kind of thought the Bills drafted a worse Jay Cutler. And I was very wrong. Like I said earlier, I think he's a future MVP candidate. And I think this week against the Chiefs, Not to step on a future Super Bowl preview episode, but I think um, winner of this game could be the eventual league champion this year. But I I think Josh Allen really has a chance to go out there and just end several years of Buffalo misery. They had those four straight Super Bowl losses, which is just unheard of. And I think Josh Allen has a chance to come out this week. And just become an all-time legend in Buffalo.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. I think even if they – let's say they go to the Super Bowl and they lose. um, They get absolutely throttled by whoever wins the NFC. Josh Allen's going to have major respect. I mean, going up – going into Kansas City, facing the Chiefs and all the talent the Chiefs have, whether that is with Patrick Holmes or not, should be respected by many. And I think everyone kind of besides Kansas City does want the Bills to win. Um, gotta love bills mafia it is the truth they're amazing they're so much fun and it's it's nice to see them have a good year for the first time in a long time to win a playoff game but cooper i just want to say thank you of course for coming on once again it's always great to have you here to the listeners thank you guys for always listening it's just the best part of my week to do these podcasts so thank you all for listening thank you for coming on this has been Cuts to the chase and we out